Welcome everybody. This is episode 58, I believe. 58 or 59. One of those. And I guess our guest tonight is Zane Kiffmiller from Zen 24 Hour Fitness. Kiffmiller's produce down south of town. So Hello. Welcome Zane. How you doing? Good. How are you? Um, having a really good day today actually. It's good. The opposite yeah. of... Yeah. But I've heard so far <laughs> around the table. <laughs> yeah. All right. Haircut looks great. Thank you. Yes. It's the first time I've had a haircut in 15 years. <laughs> That's That's so, awesome. so if anyone could, I mean, just let that sink in for the listeners. Um, yeah. Looks amazing. Thank you. Yeah. And it is episode 59. So next one's 60. Yes. Oh man. Yes. Mm. You getting a haircut reminded me. I saw a story. I'm being today about a kid who finally got a haircut after 15 years because he was going in the army and his hair was down to his knees. Pretty impressive. I didn't. I never got that far. I did get down to my waist, but I kept it kind of shoulder blade length for the longest time. So, mm. and then I just kind of had a Brittany moment and decided <laughs> to change it. How does it feel? Um, not really that much different. The mm-hmm. only difference is, is when I like take a shower, I, w- I have like those, those mannerisms of when uh, I used to have a ponytail yeah. forever. And it's, so it's, that's really the only thing difference because I've always pulled it back all the time. So it, it really doesn't feel any different, unfortunately. And my hair has always been really like thin, light. And so like my head doesn't even feel any different. Do you miss <laughs> it? Mm, kind of. I don't really miss it a ton, but I do, I do, I do and I don't. Like, I did have one night where I was like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> but, but other than that, it's, it's fine. I like my hair about another two inches longer. I've decided mm-hmm. I really like it just a little bit longer and then that's it. But I, when I, cause during the wintertime I wear, I go in and out so much. I wear a skull hat. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, when the minute I put that skull hat on, anything I had going on just get toasted so i usually cut it really short in the winter time and i've decided this year i'm going to tough it out i'm going to whether i get earmuffs or whatever i do i'm going to figure something out so i can keep it longer yeah i'll just keep my hair the way it is yeah. i'm sure you can rock it i need a haircut i do too i was just talking to jamie <laughs> today about it yeah all right anyway you can find us on facebook and instagram just search hot take from the kitchen and our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And no new emails this week. The birds are back. The birds? Yeah. You're going to listen back on this and you're going to go, those darn birds. Last week. Yeah. Well, I, I just noticed them too, now that you said that. Yeah. It's funny when we go back and you do some posts, you hear things that you just don't hear when they're going on. You're just oblivious to them. And the birds are one of the ones will occasionally just, oh, man, I don't remember hearing all those birds in the background going on. And there they are. So. Yeah, there was this other show I was listening to. They've, they've always been great. And then one of the hosts moved into a new apartment, and he didn't have AC, so he had a small fan in his window. You could hear the fan the whole time. That drone? In the background, yeah. Whenever he wasn't talking, it was just, uh, the whole time. Oh, man, drove me nuts. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half cut podcast so um i did that little mini documentary on the the fish mural and i started it really early in the year or summer and the first set of guests i interviewed there was no air conditioning 
turned on. And if you go through and you watch the two people I interviewed in the end, you just hear that air conditioner and the audio is going, oh, and I just like, oh, every time I watch it, I just go, oh my God, that just drives me up the wall. But, you wouldn't even think about that thing until you yeah. season, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. So. But I promise you, when you watch it again now, you'll I be like, won't. "Yeah, you'll be, oh my god, damn you, Steve, <laughs> damn a scuba Steve." <laughs> anyway, your mural, your fish doc, got into the film film festival this past week. First film fest, and we here next Monday if we get into the second one. I feel good about it. Yeah, good. Well, I mean, Nick Hartman. Do you guys know Nick Hartman? Um, he's I know from, his name. Yeah, he's from Alpena. He is the judge. Of the set, I didn't know any of this. This just happened, like a just small world type of thing. I found out. So he brought a film to this festival. Here's that. He is the judge for this festival that I applied. I did not know any of this. And uh, yeah, so next month. Yeah, next month. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, at least I know that I, you know, I don't want to say Tom Tom picking. I mean, that felt like that was really the strength of this last one. I'll be honest, but with. <laughs> If you talk to Joe, I mean, I know you know Joe a little bit, don't you? Yeah, he said that, that he wanted more local stuff. It helps because, you know, obviously people live here and it yeah. helps to obviously have people that, you know, they, a name they can recognize of, you know, going. So he didn't at all mind you know, helping us out a little bit. So it's cool. I enjoyed it. We, the whole experience was surreal. Yeah, right? Like, premiere is. The yeah, the first block of documentaries is something to see. Yeah, like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Like, it's interesting to watch all that, right? And just kind of know what we did. I mean, you were around for some of the stuff, and I'm definitely throughout the whole process of presence in my life. So, mm-hmm. like, I just, I don't know. I don't know still how I feel about it. It's not a negative experience by any stretch of no. imagination. I just... It seems to have been well received. But yeah, it was just really surreal to me, like to be able to kind of like this whole thing, like as you know, and the guys that listen to the pod, this whole thing was just supposed to be a thirty-second Facebook video to promote Justin's event. That's all it was. But then you can, all of a sudden, it's like, wow, this is kind of a cool story about not the mural, but more of Alpena. And then you kind of like take pride in that. You know, it's like that stinking Alpena view I made last year. Uh, people will just love that. They like, just think it's so cool that it, that's Alpena, you know. And it, I think, and I, I that excites me. But it's it's funny because when we were going through and making some of the stuff, we were just trying to pick out stuff that's cool Alpena that we like. And then everyone else gets excited about it. And then you know everyone's like, "So what are you gonna do this year?" And then you kind of get nervous because I'm like, "Man, I picked all the cool stuff last year." So like, <laughs> yeah. I got some stuff lined up. Yeah, though. good. I know, one of them I have to do within the next two weeks, so it's going to be too late. What's that? Um, you don't want to reveal it? No, I can We need to jump into Rockport. Oh, okay. So I think I got to go. I got two GoPros, all waterproof, selfie sticks, all that stuff. We got the drone. We need to, We need some. What used to look super epic. Have you been to Rockport this year? Um, yeah, I've been to Rockport this year. I see that a lot of the dirt's faded away on the and trails. The water and level is so high that this jump yeah. that used to seem so intimidating is really just it's like. It's very yeah, it's just like, oh, I think I can step like going off the low down. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. So, I mean, it's. But still, it's the whole idea of like, I still think you could put the drone. Like, I want to get a couple of people running with the drone shot behind it. 
couple people holding the stick. And somebody that's a little more athletic than me, perhaps, that could flip in the air and just kind of do some <laughs> fun stuff like that. So you holding the GoPro? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. And then... Uh, when you had those two, well, there's probably one or two shots you took of the drone mm-hmm. Saturday that you posted on Instagram. Yeah. Those are nice. I used to be all over that place. Because, I mean, I lived out there. Right. I grew up out that way. Mm-hmm. So I was there, like, every day. Yeah. All the time. So, it, that... You know that one, like, islet that kind of sticks out at the end of the harbor there? Mm-hmm. We we could, we know how to get on top of it. Oh, really? So, we swim out there all the time and climb onto it. Yeah. In between that, there's, like, another set of, like, corroded... Uh, um, like, another corroded platform that's yep. just gone. It's all wood or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You can wade right through there, and it's, like, all these... Like, you can see, like, the interior of, like, what the, the pier actually looks like. Or yeah. Whatever you call that's it. That's what Brad's talking about. I just posted a drone shot of that today. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's one of them. I got that slow twist with Casey scooping across it. Yeah. And I got a whole bunch of other race footage. But, yeah, I mean, we got some stuff... Yeah, that's cool. Tucked up her sleeves already. I always did a lot of free diving down there. But that's I mean, crazy. I never had any scuba gear. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, I want to get a boat, like, just blazing through somewhere. I don't care who it is. I mean, <clears throat> my go-to boat man is Paul Gokey. Yeah. But it could be Ken Gumble. I think he would like the opportunity to kind of... get a motor for my kayak. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, we need a kayak. I need some kayak footage. Last year, you already know, I'm not going to reveal it, there's a spot I want to get you running through. So we have that opportunity. Well, we could actually get that if we do the thing we yeah. did for the fish. And we're going to wait till the colors change because it's going to be even more... That area right there in Rock mid-October or... is just... I mean, it's drop dead, just your mouth comes out of your mouth, yeah. gorgeous. So, yeah, we're going to do that. So, yeah, we got some stuff. I don't think we're going to do a poem this year. I don't know. I, I thought everyone liked the poem, but, like, I don't think it, it felt like the poem wasn't well-received by the judges. The, 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 you know my thoughts. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> poem for what? So, and Brad's neighbor, Ann Gentry, wrote a thing about Alpina that made it. Have you ever seen it? The poem? The video. Uh, probably not. Oh, here. Well, here. We'll do it. We'll take a break and we'll watch it on the break. But, um, so, Anne wrote this thing about Alpena. And I, I essentially have, let's just say, 20 hours of footage of Alpena. I said, well, here's what I want. And you write just something about Alpena. And then, then whatever you say, I'm going to put the footage to it. So she wrote this thing, and then I placed all the footage I had to it. So I was like, hey, I have a whole bunch of leftover footage because she touched on some things that I didn't, you know, I took that I thought might be relevant, and she didn't talk about. And then, of course, she talked about some things that I didn't think about. So, you know, I needed to go hurry up and run out there and grab some things. But mm-hmm. um, we know the story. I got last place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> you got the people's choice. Yeah, I, mean, I, I got the people's choice over But yeah, anyways, um, but it, I guess the, the judges may have felt it wasn't cinematic enough. That's the only thing I come up with. Hmm. Which is bullshit. Which, so really what we've decided, it doesn't matter our theory, our hypothesis. But um, <laughs> Brad is bitter about it. Mm-hmm. But we're still going to support There's a lot of people bitter about it. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's some... No one's more upset about it than Brad and my wife. If you get them together, <laughs> you can't talk about the surrounding both because 
they just feed off each other and then yeah. well, i mean that's it's your art you know what you want to do and what do you want to do different you know yes I, mean? I appreciate the that. people that support you are the ones who are like that's crap how yeah. dare they not make you first place yeah <laughs> i know how that feels yeah so <laughs> well you did a, you do a lot of drawing and stuff yeah. so i mean you're very artistic you're way more artistic well, than i ever am. used to be <laughs> i haven't done it in a while <laughs> <laughs> um back on focus though so you want to do the Alpine Sanctuary trivia? Yeah, we can do that. And so we got to change it. Another can't find that's okay. Again. It's third week in a row. Fourth week in a row. All right. I like your trivia. Last week's question was how many lighthouses are located within fifty miles of Alpina, and Steve answered it with seven. I wish I was wrong, but once I talked myself through it. Well, you guessed six. Oh, six. Yeah, it sounds yeah. seven. Yeah, because Sturgeon Lighthouse. In Harrisville, Little Red, Middle Island, and Thunder Bay, and Alpena, the new and old Presqu'isle Lighthouses in Presqu'isle, and Forty Mile Point in Rogers City. So those are the seven. Just took some drone shots of uh, the new Presqu'isle the other day, so I got that in there. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to, and I might go back up there. I, it's going to be kind of cheating, but I mean that's the magic of movies, is that I couldn't. Get the drone footage, really, of them up in the tower. I had to be down on the ground, obviously. Okay. And get footage of them walking up the tower. So I really want some footage of going up the staircase and stuff like that. And That'd be cool. I don't know if I can... I don't know if that drops, like, if there's a perfect circle that I can zoom something to down through there. I don't know. I can't remember, but... It's got the yeah. top on it. So, I don't know, but... It'd be tricky to try to get a drone in there. Well, not a drone, but, I mean, I do have a GoPro, and I've always looking for an excuse to buy a new camera, that 361, you know, that stick camera where you could just and do some pretty cool well, things. you could with. have one person at the bottom and one at the top. Oh, yeah. And that wireless camera? Going oh. up the lighthouse? From yeah. the inside? Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, if you had it, like, on a stick pointing down. Yes. Like, as you walked over it and kind yes. of went up, that would be cool. Yeah. You just set it on a, what is it, the, the point of motion or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can make its point of motion the center, and as you go up, so that yeah. focuses on it. That would be really cool. Yeah. Or get a pulley system and just pull There you go. Well, have you cool. seen the wire, the wire, you know what I'm talking about? No. So they make this thing that you have to attach a camera to a GoPro or whatever you want, but it's essentially a long rope and a thing. And then you attach the so I'd put the rope on your deck, and then I'd run it across that deck, and then it comes with a remote, and then you zoom it back and forth. So it's like a zip line, like a cable cam for NFL. Yeah. yeah, it's your own homemade cable cam. All right. All right, we'll move on. And this week's question is: You're up. This is for you, Zane. Okay, I'm ready. Cannon, the cannon that is on display on the lawn of City Hall was taken off of what sunken battleship? Oh my gosh, battleship. I didn't know what song. This is tough because it's one of those things that are right there and you look at it every time you're there, but you just don't. I didn't even read the plaque. <sighs> I'm sure I have read it, but. I don't know. Is it. Is it. Do we get hints? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. Is it a president? No, it's a state. Oh. Oh. And the name of this state goes back to a past question. Is it Maine? <laughs> It is. Nice. USS Maine. I guess I should have said the formal name. No, that's good. That was good. <laughs> awesome. Good guess. When we name ships, I mean, we don't say USS. Well, we just call it what it is. Right. State Street, right? Yes. Buzz Maine Street. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. 
The Starship Enterprise? Yeah. <clears throat> that would be awesome. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes. It's a full time <laughs> cannon. So, hot takes? I have three or four. We'll just stick with three. All right. Uh, we'll start off with the NCAA preseason rankings review release today with Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Ohio State rounding out the top five. And two teams close to my heart were six and seven with LSU and Michigan. And then MSU was number 18 in the rankings. I always, you know, as a... It's no surprise that I like Michigan over State, but I'm always surprised how low Michigan State is every year, because they always end up. I mean, I'm not saying that they're the best team in the college football, and I don't think any MSU fans are going to say that, but they always perform well, better most of the time, better than their ranking. These rankings are BS anyway. Just, they're just <laughs> guessing. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised with Ohio State. Most publications have Michigan ranked ahead of Ohio State, so oh, yeah. it's interesting to see that. I mean. I was listening to a podcast last week, and they said that Michigan, according to Vegas, Michigan is predicted to have fewer wins than Ohio State, but Michigan is predicted to win the East in the Big Ten. So I don't know how that works. That's crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, it's all a crapshoot right now, so these rankings will change by the end of the year. Probably by the could be even at the end of this month. Well, yeah, week two. <laughs> so, all right, but college football starts Saturday apparently, or maybe before that. But football season is upon us. Uh, hot take two. And there was an auction flub at Sotheby's auction house over the weekend. They were trying to sell auction off a Porsche sixty four. Nazi edition, so it was made before World War II, but it was the Nazi edition. And apparently they wanted to start the bidding at $13 million, but there's a big screen behind the auctioneer that said $30 million. And so every time somebody would bid, the auctioneer would go up by a million, but the screen would go up by $10 million. <laughs> what? And people are getting mad and upset and all this. And the auctioneer says, was blaming it on his accent that nobody could could understand them. So when he said 13 million, they thought he said 30. And so it wasn't auction off because they only thought the car was going to go for 20 million. But so it. So they had to pull it? Yes, I guess they didn't make enough in reserve because it ended up at 17 million. But uh, okay. It was just gotcha. a mess, but I guess they're going to keep trying to auction it off. I hate reserve prices. Yeah, man, I, I don't know where to go with that. Just, <laughs> what do you want? I, can, I, I think they just need to, I know it's kind of mean to say, but find an auctioneer that people can understand. Well, that's that's a really good start. So I guess the guy was Dutch. <laughs> As a person that has light experience in auto auctions, um, yeah, that reserve... That's kind of life. I love watching Meacham. In fact, I have to be careful because once I start watching it, I won't stop. Like, I literally just dial in and nothing else will happen. And so if I'm at JJ's or Buffalo Wild Wings and Meacham's going on, unless there's a super captivating sports game, what ends up happening is I just naturally turn over to that. And then 
what happens is I didn't try to guess the price, you know, like what it's going to go for. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how close I've gotten as I've partly gotten better at doing it and watching it. So, I mean, I used to watch car auctions with my dad at home. Oh. And um, every time a car rolls up that my dad either had or had the option to buy back when he was a kid, he's like, he's like, my dad said that shit ain't gonna be worth nothing in the future. He said, it ain't gonna be worth nothing. He said he had the option to buy. Oh my gosh, I don't know. It was a, I, I can't name him a car at the moment, but it was like it was a neighbor of his selling a car for fifteen hundred bucks. Boom, down the road. My dad's like, Dad. He tells his dad, sorry, speaking in my dad. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Dad, this car's gonna be worth a fortune in the future. My grandpa's like, No, that it ain't gonna be worth nothing down the line. Whatever it is, and the car sells for like two million dollars or like. $240,000 and my dad's like it could have cost me a 1500 bucks when I was a kid well <laughs> I mean that's like that a great point those of you who don't know about Zane his dad has an amazing Camaro yeah 69 right yeah 69. <clears throat> 69 that's what I was gonna say and I had yeah. to think about it for a 69 and for a while there I mean it was I mean, you hit you had a Cobo Hall and I know I've seen pictures of he him. overhauled the whole thing from basically like he did the re- he redid the entire body. The only thing that's like still legitimate on it is the frame and then a few other parts. And uh, he took it after he'd finished overhauling it. He took it to the Detroit Autorama. I'm sorry, Detroit Autorama. <laughs> I get yelled at when I say Detroit. <laughs> um, he took it to the Detroit Autorama and won first place in restored cars, like classic cars. And then uh, after that, he was like, "Well, I won. I don't really have to do it again." <laughs> and uh, but. Yeah, it's a nice sunset orange Camaro, which he busted the drive shaft on a couple years ago. So it has he hasn't been able to ride it around town yet. But if any, but once he fixes it, if you see it around town, that's my dad. My favorite thing is when that is running. The last time I can tell you exactly where I was the last time I saw it. I was walking into the subway on Bagley Street, and all of a sudden I'm getting out of my car and I'm walking in there, and all of a sudden I hear just. Wah, wah, wah. and then you just like totally opened out and I was like what I mean I, I love that noise but I was like what is that noise and I turned around and I saw it orange and I instantly just walked turned right back around I was like alright I know who that is I know whose car that is I know everything about that car so I was yeah, it's Andy I was, ripping down the road <laughs> yeah uh, he uh he that, yeah that was basically like the background noise of my high school years <laughs> Every single day, my dad was opening that throttle. <laughs> so. All right. And topic number three. Kevin Smith is making a He-Man anime for Netflix. Yes. <laughs> Best news I've heard all day. Good. That totally, I mean, that... I'm glad I could brighten your Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you. That's unbelievable. I don't know when it's going to be released. It didn't say in the article, but... Yes. They couldn't have picked a better person to do it. <laughs> and I saw Snyder and Greg are getting back together. They, one of them, the one resigned with back with DC, so I get more Batman content this yes. week. Um, so what were they? I think Capello's contract right now. Mm-hmm. So DC just signed him for another three-year term or something like that. And those are always cool because essentially when they start, they you know essentially. DC's dictating to the person like what we want you to do and as they get better they kind of negotiate well I want to do this 
And then they, you know, they pretty much, I think he pretty much said, I'm not going to write anything anymore for you or draw. And they were like, well, you can do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Deal. So, I mean, you know, it's going to be super cool. I mean, just because he had so much leverage to be able to say, okay, I'm going to totally just turn the world on its ear. So. It's funny how we went from Kevin Smith to <laughs> yeah. DC right away. Yeah. But um, have you watched the old He-Man stuff? Like from yeah. the 90s? Okay. Yeah. I love it. We love He-Man. Yeah. Okay. It's been a long time. But isn't there... There is a real action He-Man out right now, isn't there? There was a live action movie yeah. a while ago. Yeah. But they wore the full body suits uh, and stuff. And yeah, I thought there was one that Masters came... Masters of the Universe in the 80s. Yeah. With Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's I thought there was another one they were... I, th- they, I think there's a recent one. Yeah. There's a, there's there a might, really recent They one. might have done something on Netflix with He-Man before. Yeah. And She-Ra. I see it. Hmm. Oh, Kevin Smith doing He-Man? I can't imagine what that's going to be like. The best thing about someone like Kevin Smith is he has such a true appreciation for what it, what it was originally that you know that he'll modernize it but still respect... The content that yeah. it originated from. Yeah. I mean, guy. it was all designed to be a marketing plan, you know, mm-hmm. to sell toys, sell toys, sell toys. Okay. So, I mean, with He-Man... Now, and if you try and like revitalize that, you're really just kind of like reviving that old 90s market adage. And I want to see if he kind of just pulls from the lore and like kind of does his own thing because they just readapted She Ra uh, on Netflix hmm. kind of for kids, and uh, it was it's really good. My daughter really liked it, kind of. <laughs> She's one and a half, so I can't really like <laughs> get her opinion about what She Ra was like for her. Give me a breakdown of She Ra. <laughs> I like it. All right. Is that it? That is it. Unless you want to talk about Trump wanting to buy a Greenland. That's funny. Did we talk about Trump backing off all the uh, tariffs? Did I talk about that last time? Okay, so the big thing was that he was going to tax the tariff all these cell phones and all that stuff. And um, he was holding firm and blah, blah, blah. But he didn't. He let go. So now. Good. Thus, just giving us more hope that yeah. maybe he won't be there next year. Well, let's hope so. I mean, he's going to be around next so. year, but you know what I'm at. So. I think it was a stock market move. January. Oh, 100%. Yeah, why he did that. Yeah. Well, he's only doing things to line his own pocket and his friends. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. The only thing that I appreciated in this whole thing was is that Trump needs a strong American economy. Right. So, like... All his things that he does are only going to be benefiting him and his cronies in the short term. What that looks like 10 years from now, 15 years from now, we don't know. Right. That's probably tragic, but um, at least you know right now. <laughs> I always joke, I have two old guys that I work with that are both very close to retirement. And I tell them, man, the minute, the minute November 1st hurts, don't even wait till election. November 1st, you cash your 401ks out. Yeah. I promise you. There might be a downturn coming yeah. or something. Yeah. So a lot of people are starting to kind of predict it, and unfortunately, when everybody tries to like jump the gun, it creates it. It, it at least boosts it. And mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, I mean, it obviously doesn't create it outright, but it definitely gives it a jump start or a starting point. Yeah, well, because what happens is all that spendable income that people would normally spend, they save it. So then the economy isn't, it's destimulated by everyone hanging on their money. Mm-hmm. So then everything just starts 
consumer spending, then right. confidence starts going down. And then, of course, that just makes people hoard more money then. And so then it just naturally just kind of feeds off itself. So. See, what I'm going to do is when it goes down, if it goes down, let's just say it does, I'm just going to dump all my money into yep. it. So that way I end up getting a boost that's, in the end. Of it. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing is if you're young like you are, right. is recessions don't hurt you if you're young right because it gives you the opportunity to really get in on the low end of the market so mm-hmm. someone like me it's kind of older people you're still young you're gonna yeah. live to like, like your parents money. not that your dad's yeah. a big stock market guy but no, i mean something like yeah those I, are, I i think about that too sometimes where i want to tell my dad it's like dad cash in as soon as you can <laughs> shit's about to blow <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love your dad. So, anyways, <laughs> so we'll wrap it up here. We're gonna watch the video. Let's give Zane. We'll have instant feedback from Zane right after. I like this. Thing on here. I'm gonna pop another one of these beers. That's okay. So Zane, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Um. Where do you want me to start? Right from the beginning. Like, did you grow up here? Okay. Graduate from here? Uh, yeah. So, went to AHS. Um, then I went to ACC for three years. No. Two. I think I only went for two and a half, actually. My brother ended up going for three or something. Um, then I, I, I bummed around here for a little bit, um, working at my parents' house. house my parents' store. Um, I really didn't want to leave but like I had this weird pressure that I should like go to college and so I went to Central and I went there for three years I studied Japanese I did art um, and those are like my two big things but then the art program got cut at Central and it was like downsized really bad and so you had to really fight for the high for like your senior classes and I was like I literally have to create a portfolio for my teacher to get a class I was like no I'm not doing that, so screw that. So I spent my third year at Central doing a whole bunch of stuff. I did radio, I did astronomy, I did um, uh, acting, I did, um, gosh, what else the heck did I do? I did, um, I did sports stuff. I really don't remember what the heck the classes were um, because I ended up like kind of quitting partway through it and I just kind of like sat in my dorm and like, it was like, you know what, I'm going to take my last few weeks here and I'm going to like hang out with friends and get to know people and like kind of build you know, my social circle a little bit. Um, so after that, um, I ended up deciding that staying at school, spending another three years there, because I kind of like sat down and planned it out and I was like, it's going to take me three years to get a degree still, no matter what I do. I was like, I did too much screwing around. I didn't plan it enough, apparently, and um, I can't get the classes I want. So I left, and I came back home to start working for my parents. Uh, that was five years ago. Um, I started working for my parents when I was 12. <laughs> we started planting all the time. Uh, we had, we had, you know, we do all our own vegetable plants and stuff like that. So, um, so I'm gonna, I'm jumping backward to jump forward here real quick <laughs> so uh we used to plant everything we did all our hanging baskets we did all of our flats and flowers we did all of our geraniums now we outsource that to somebody else for cheaper because they have greenhouses that they run all year long and we don't because we're seasonal so now we uh so now we don't do that but we do all our own vegetables so all the vegetable plants that we grow are all grown here in alpina 
um, in our and they start at my parents' house, then we transplant them at the greenhouses, and we grow them all here. A lot of people don't know that, I guess. I've helped plant seeds before. Have you? <clears throat> yep. Okay. The push and the pinch. Yeah, when you when you put in the seedlings and stuff. Okay. So you have done it. <laughs> I really don't remember. Was I there? I think maybe you were, but it was just like a... Was really this before you started meat cutting, doing the deer cutting No, stuff? it was after, but it was like... It was like one April where... Just didn't have nothing going on? Well, and then they were just like, hey, would you mind... We're going to try to get some seeds out. Would you mind coming over by? And then I was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Okay. Yeah, and I think they just did it. And okay. You know, it wasn't... I mean, it is what it is, right? It's right. not, it's nothing yeah. glamorous, but it's, you know, it's, I think it was, it's, it was neat to see that whole process. Again, I don't think many people are aware that you, that when they get a tomato plant. We grew it personally. Yes. You know, it's all, it all starts from us, then it goes to the customer. Yeah. And it's a long <clears throat> process too, because it takes us at least a week and a half or so to get through everything. Cause we start with, we typically start with the uh, tomatoes or or the peppers, I guess. Now we've kind of figured out a good method with the peppers because we kind of start them a couple weeks early so we can get them going first. And tomatoes grow so fast, we just go into them next. But it takes like a week, week and a half to kind of plant all that stuff, get our whole greenhouse filled, and we'll kind of like start doing seeds a few weeks after that. Anyways, I started doing all that stuff when I was 12. I didn't really get into working at the store until I was about 15 where I actually was like, my parents were like, here's your hours. This is what you're going to get paid. I got paid $6 an hour. That was our pay when we started. I spent it on comic books. <laughs> um, and we'd work like three, four days at a time, you know. Um, a lot of times it was just, we, we basically, my brother and my sister and I basically sacrificed all our summers to go work at the family business. That was just kind of what we did because we had to do it. And, um, and it's worth noting that your family business was seasonal too. Yeah. So, all the time. Yeah. So we had our winters, but it never felt... I don't know. I guess I don't know how other people grew up, so... <laughs> I mean, it all feels pretty normal to me. You know, only having like five or six hours to yourself at the end of the day. <laughs> um, then, uh, so I went... So when I finished ACC, I went to Central, and I came back and I started working for my parents full-time. I wanted, I told my parents, I said, I want to be on payroll. I don't want to get paid. I'm, you know, I don't want to get paid cash from you guys all the time, you know. I said, I want to do this. I start working regularly, so my dad started doing that. So it's like 70 hours a week at the most, you know, 54 or something, like, minimum. And, um, and then once, like, the, the flower season kicks back, then we start getting days off, then we can start, anyways... Um, started doing that five years ago and that's kind of where I stuck, um, for a while and I'm still doing it, but a year ago I decided I wanted, well, not a year ago, but at least two years ago now, I wanted to start my own business because I'm kind of like in this position where I'm not sure how long the produce market can really last, especially without my dad. Because uh, if my dad retires and he doesn't want to do anything, like, or he can't truck drive, and I was like, you know what, I gotta have something eventually down the line that might actually keep making money for me, that isn't just me getting a day job, you know. Um, so I started Zen 24 Hour Fitness Center, and uh, it's been doing really good. I'm really happy with it. Um, I really wish there was more room we had to work with. I wish we had showers in it, you know, for starters. That's kind of like the big thing that's really like making me go, ah, I wish I had that, but. Um, Otherwise, it's like I feel like we've got a really good medium on what we're doing, and um, uh, so in between that, I'm gonna keep working with my parents 
and I'm kind of learning a few things that my parents haven't really digressed with me. Um, so I'm hoping to take over down the line um, because I really love doing the flowers and I want to do the flowers and I want to keep doing the flowers <coughs> for the rest of my life. Like, that's my favorite part of the whole business. But I know it can't survive without the rest of it because, um, you know, partway through the season, everybody gets done selling, buying all their plants. And um, the only way we can really like sell the last few is to keep people coming in for all the Michigan produce. And that's another big aspect of our store um, in general is that we buy like mostly Michigan products um, the whole time. You know, by the end of, by, by August now, like the end of this month, 80% of the stuff we have in the store is from Michigan, you know, in speaking produce wise. Yeah. You know, and it's tough in the beginning of the season because Michigan still has frost on the, yeah. on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody complains when stuff's late. And it's like, you know, the seasons are getting longer. Certain seasons are getting short. We have problems every year with heat or water, you know, and one thing will destroy another. Like this year, we're having an excellent fruit season. Like cherries are phenomenal this year. Uh, peaches are going to be awesome this year. We're expecting them at the end of this month. <laughs> Super excited because last two years we didn't have any peaches because we had early, we had late hails and they just wiped out all the blossoms on the trees. And if that happens, it's done. You know, that's pretty much it. Um, so they should be really good this year. Um, then, aside from that, during the winters, we do the venison processing, which Steve was a part of, did for a year. Did you do it for two or just one? Oh, man, I did it for like three or four. Was it? Honest with you. Okay, yeah. so I was in school when you were doing it. Yes. Then, and then I came back in the last yeah, year. Yeah, well, you and there. Sarah both would go away to school and oh, come, and back, come back. and back yeah. just keep working during the off-season. Well, mostly during the Thanksgiving time is when <clears throat> you guys were... That's when we needed to be there anyway. <laughs> because it was, uh, only, it was Unless you've only processed your deer or been in there, you can't truly appreciate that whole operation that yeah. goes on during... It's crazy, it, to me, it's crazy how quick my dad got that together and, like, got it working the way he did. I can't, I didn't, I didn't have that kind of vision. I didn't know what he meant when he said we were going to start a meat, you know, start selling yeah. meat and deli and all that stuff like that. So when it, when it really started happening and we started doing deer process, processing, I would, you know, I ended up developing a lot of the back end of that. You know, yeah. um, like, I, I built our... Um, our check sheets for everything. Like I built our, our sales sheets that show all our prices and I made everything as simplistic as possible because this is what I went to school for. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so at the end of it, um, you know, uh, a lot of that and then our format, how we take in deer, how we check in stuff. It's like, I kind of like flushed a lot of that out when I came home and kind of made sure, made it all work a lot smoother. Well, you and Zach both really, streamline the whole that whole back end i don't think i don't know what people understand so when it's hunting season you essentially have opening day and you know there's 50 deer that get shot and everyone brings 50 deer and they all want to process them. yeah <laughs> the same you know on the same day you need to get everything lined up right you know you have to you start like a, a dead deer chain outside the building <laughs> it's, it's, you know and it was it was great having my brother there all the time because he was able to kind of like pick up in the behind because uh, he was doing all the skinning at the time and so he knew what order he wanted stuff to be laid in and then um it was like two years ago we started tagging everything with different colors for the day mm -hmm. so we use all this flagging system now 
but we started everything with names and dates and that just like wasn't working after a while or completely it needed help and yeah. so we ended up doing that that tagging system was brilliant yeah because <laughs> it's, well what's tough is like you can't always be there right right, right. so i mean and if all of a sudden like there's an empty table and something needs to get processed i'm trying to do this in a way that doesn't sound super gross for everyone but <laughs> if i went back there and i was like hey just go grab the deer I went back in the cooler. There's a whole system that he had that you had no way of really telling what the heck was going on. It would just say, Przelowski, you know, and there'd be deer hanging. You know, for a while there, you didn't know, what is this new? Is it this old? Because you always wanted to get the old one as fast as possible. Right. Well, once you came with that color code to tag, and you knew we were on green. Right. You know, and we, we, we all tell each other we only have five more green ones, and then we finally get on to... Right. On to pink, and there's only 38 of these ones, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, we had our... What's nice about um, the DNR officers that come occasionally, which some hunters in the beginning thought we were sending DNR officers at them, and it's like, no, we're trying to help... You know, we're just trying to comply, you know? Yeah. But our DNR officer at the time came in and told us, he said... He said, you guys do more deer than anybody else in this area, which was really cool to hear. Um, and we hear a lot from customers who, who don't like our price point because it's so high, kind of-ish. I mean, it's not really high. But I think it? it's in a good spot. I, I think it's too cheap. To, yeah, to, to be, be honest, honest. <laughs> and I think the only reason you and I probably think of that is because we're on the back end of it where we know all that goes into it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, my gosh. We, there's so much handling on our side. With the, with the whole process, like, and, and everything's done by hand. We don't use any saws, we don't, you don't get bones, everything's deboned, everything's done by hand, and it's like, this is a $135, $140 job, you know what I mean? It, or more, <laughs> in some places. I, I mean, I don't, I mean, let's talk about it. So, sure. most of the dealer processing, they'll use a saw, a bandsaw. Mm -hmm. They'll whack it off, and they'll just whack it into pieces. They don't bother, like, cleaning it up. And as we both know, deer fat does not taste very good. Ew. So you can be lazy about it, and you could have all that bone dust. And some guys, they'll take a scrape and scrape a little bit off. But if you're still using a saw, you're never going to get away from that. No. It's just going to be there. Yeah. And you never know if you're getting your own meat in a lot of places. Right. And the way your system's set up is a total bonus cut. Mm-hmm. You get your own deer, almost to the point where you guys are obsessive about it, oh, which yeah, is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and um, most importantly, I mean, and I'm not trying to toot your horn or mine or whatever, but you get the quality of work that you do for that to be able to take the silver skin off and to grind it the way you want and all that stuff, and then the whole process, the ability to even make sausage and jerky or whatever you want. So just jerky alone. Is way underpriced. Yeah. When you really think so. about it. <laughs> when you really think about it. I mean, you spend, what, seven days? Uh, five days. Five grind. days. Yeah, five yeah. day brine. And every day I have to go and mix it by hand, you know, and then it's a three hour smoke on its own. And you still have to monitor it. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think people really understand that. They, they just say, oh, I dropped my ear off. They're busy. They call me in two weeks. So I come pick it up and I eat the jerky and I write the check and. Man, it's expensive, but you don't understand that. Well, first of all, you know, you have to look at how big of a deer did you even shoot? Because in order to be able to make the jerky batch, you have to have enough meat to be able to do it. Right. And if you're an idiot Joe Hunter and you shot through the whole back end of the deer, now we're trying to deal with all this other crap. But we're, right. You know, yeah. and there's, there's just, only certain meat you use for jerky. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just, there's so many things to it. 
But I just don't think people have any idea. I almost feel like compared to, I mean, like how involved I am with the flowers and um, how involved I am with all the produce and stuff like that. I almost feel like the venison stuff is like the one thing I'm like the most anal about <laughs> like and just like really intensive about I guess I mean like I am really involved with the flowers too because I run all those greenhouses I run all of them by myself now my dad doesn't mess with them unless time to have a day off and he waters stuff for me but I mean I clean everything I organize it all I set everything where I want it to be and get everything set up and and uh I feel I still feel like the venison stuff is like the most like ah uh, make sure everything's set right Make sure everything's done well. I mean, it's, I don't know. I always hear a lot of stuff, but like, like, so back to the price point thing. Yeah. Back a little bit. Um, like 95 bucks, cut wrap and freeze, boneless, skinless, with no fat, no silver skin, get your deer back guaranteed. Um, that's without any sausage or any jerky or anything like that. And then you lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, for the price point. Uh, oh, price point. Um, for the price point, and then people complain about it, and then they go somewhere else, and they get another deer done somewhere else. Like, um, Bucky's is somebody else that just opened over by Mamie Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, take him over there, let's say. He's 65 bucks or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, it's like, well, you are get, definitely getting what you pay for mm -hmm. at that point, because he's he still uses a saw, He you know, as far as I know. Because I've had some of his stuff come in, yeah. and it's not the greatest looking yeah. compared to his Well, so, so what people don't know is that when you go to see someone else, and then you have, you might want to have sausage made at your place. Right. And you're bringing in your deer scraps. Yeah. We see the quality of the deer scraps that we are grinding. Right, that come from some other places. And I remember, in the beginning... You guys didn't want to even process. You didn't want to put some of that stuff through the grinder oh, no, that we were getting from other other places because we just, don't. Well, what, ha what happens is that the sausage that they are getting in their house that they're serving to someone, the first thing they're asking, well, where did you get that? That's your name on that. I know. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> so last year we had some guys bring us some of those worst. Sorry. I'm almost swore. <laughs> okay, the worst okay. meat we've ever, I've ever had to work with. And I make sausage, I make all the sausage during the winter. So yeah. if you've had bad sausage, it's my fault. If you had good sausage, it's my fault. <laughs> um, I went through and I processed it. They wanted two pounds of lawn yager. It was some of the most rank stuff I ever had. And I was like, okay, well, if I add a little pork to this, it'll kind of dial it back a little bit. Didn't help at all. It was terrible. I was like, okay. Went through, smoked it the next day like I normally do because you want the seasonings to sit for a night. Um, smoked it the next day, brought it out, and I tasted it, and I nearly puked. I was like, this is horrible. This is some of the worst stuff I've ever had. And I, I went and I told my dad, and I was like, I, I go to my dad, and I said, Dad, taste this. And he looks right at me, and he's like, no. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, look, you have to try this, I said, because we're going to sell this to this guy, and this is, has our name on it. I right. said, this is our seasoning, this is our recipe, this is our process, this is what we do. He said, if you're going to sell this to these guys, they need to know that this is not up to our proper standards. So he took a bite and he spit it out instantaneously. He's like, "I'm telling him." I was, "I'm telling him." I'm like, "Okay, but take it easy on him." My dad's really blunt. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyways, I let my dad handle it, and he told him, "This is the worst shit I've ever had." Yeah. He's like, "I just want you to know that you're, you know, that's my name on." Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up telling him just flat out the whole time. And those guys started eating it, and they were like, "Oh, it's fine to us." Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." Yeah. It's like, just don't tell him anybody where you got it. Yeah, and what's <laughs> tough is like, so when they go to a lesser processing place. Say twenty bucks, sure, and then they bring in this deer with 
a whole bunch of fat in it that changes the whole flavor profile of what oh, you're yeah. doing. Oh, yeah. I, I just think that it's lost. And you probably have never had the opportunity to actually talk about this in this format no. with someone that no. knows what's no. going on. Get it off your chest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can rant about tons of stuff. But, <laughs> um, you want to talk about produce, I can get into a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but if we're, I mean, like you bring, people will bring in stuff that's, um, I mean, it's like vacuum sealed packages. I pop it open and there's hair all over it. You know, it's like there's hair, there's no fat or anything, but it's all meat, but there's hair everywhere. And I'm like, why is there hair all over these chunks of meat? Or, or they'll bring in stuff that still has bone shards in it, you know, and just tons of stuff. And it's like that. But if you, if you were to bring your full deer to us, we debone everything by hand. And we cut back all the fat, all the silver skin, because that's where a lot of that really gamey flavor comes from. So, like, if you've never had, if you've had venison, say, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, and you've got it from a regular processor around the area before we started doing it. Um, that's my horn. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and you probably had it. It's probably tasted like the forest or yeah. you know it, it just has a gamey taste to it yeah a gamey flavor yeah. to it you know but then when we process it and go through it and you fry up that venison and you have it that's not even there like that that's almost completely not even present like i've because i've never liked venison then we started processing it and now i actually like enjoy it and then when you and you're mixing it with 10 percent beef fat it actually yeah it's crazy what happens and a lot oh, of people yeah. i think you're right. They grew up on their dad's venison or whatever, and they have it in their head, and then you do it this way, and it's just it's a totally different experience. Right. I mean, when, when you eat a steak from a cow, you want the fat because that adds a lot of extra flavor to it. But that cow isn't raised in the forest. <laughs> you didn't shoot it while it was running away from you, you know. So, and when you process it, like, I mean, a lot of people process their own deer. I get that. There's some guys that come in that are absolutely meticulous when it comes to processing that I love working with. Um, and uh, the people that don't do it, that process it themselves, and they get a whole hind quarter in that's kind of like partially deboned, but it's like cut up to hell. And then like there's still fat, the silver skin's lining like the whole hind quarter. And it's like, it's like, you know, I, pro I, I charged when to clean this up and they'll be like, Okay, <laughs> you know, most of the time they don't care because yeah. they know they screwed up, <laughs> or it's not that they screwed up, but like they know that we have like standards. Standards. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, it was interesting to watch you listen to Zane and the couple different looks in your face. But he's a hundred percent real. As a person that did it for many years and days, it is That's crazy. crazy. Story. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And um, but at the same time, like I get it because. 20 bucks is 20 bucks. And I understand right. that. Yeah. I understand why people would take it somewhere else. I yeah. totally get that. But at the same time, I don't think... It's no different than like buying stuff from the farmer's market that might be right. a couple bucks more or local versus going and buying something from California or whatever that's right. Right. all GMO'd out and uh -huh. all of a sudden you're able to get it a dollar cheaper or whatever it is. So. Yeah. I mean, price point is one of the things that always drives me nuts with people around town here because everybody wants stuff cheap. And I, I mean, I get it. Alpena, like I said, it's three hours away from everything, you know, it, and, you know, and, and to the, the economy here isn't like super crazy. Like you can't get those people who will come in and be like 200 bucks. No, okay. No problem. Like they just don't exist here. So, so you have to keep the price point low for the product and quality that we have. I feel like ninety five dollars is like, uh, 
steal for the work we do. You know, I mean, like, what do you want me to do? You know, at that point, yeah. so it's what it is. But, but anyways, not so, the deer processing stuff. <laughs> have you had people come to you one year, then go back, go somewhere yes. else? Yes. Oh, they come it happens back. a lot. We get a lot of regret um, <laughs> coming through. People would come back and be like, "Well, last year I took my deer over here." And I really wish I didn't. And you know who it is? It's the wives. Because <laughs> majority, and I'm not just just being honest. Majority of the time, the wives are the ones cooking it, mm-hmm. so that they get to see the end product. And they're like, and you've had them one year where they come in and we do it, and then they'll go somewhere else, and then they'll come back and they'll be like, "Yeah, my wife's making me come here because she's not putting up with whatever happened last year." <laughs> Well, so a lot of people, so the, originally we have, because we get rid of all that fat and everything like that, we get people who come in and be like, I killed a deer that was roughly the same weight as this. How come this one weighs less than the one I had processed over here last year? And it's like, well, because first off, we didn't give you all that bone. We didn't give you all that fat. We didn't give you any silver skin. And that hair might have added a few ounces. <laughs> but none of that's on our deer here. So so you're going to, you might see like, pounds less than what you're used to and it's like we had somebody flat out think accuse us of stealing like and more than one person it's mm-hmm. it's happened quite a bit but i don't want your venison you know i want you to get everything you can as much as you can we want everything to be as meticulously done as you can i mean we have we even have like a specific way you wrap everything right. you know <laughs> i mean well and what i think it's been smart on your end is and i haven't been there in a year but the last i left is you started leaving spots for us to document as we cut. So if if good old A shooter decides to blow out his backstrap when right. he was shooting, and he is mad because he only has two packages of backstrap, when I'm processing that, I can say, hey, this idiot blew through his backstrap. Right. You know, and... Yeah, I mean, we'll write it on the sheet. We'll say, like, hindquarters damaged, couldn't get enough for jerky, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and then we tell them. When we call them, we say, hey, this happened. This was the pro- product of what you shot. <laughs> and it didn't work that, and it didn't work out that you couldn't get this thing. And a lot of times they they pretty much own up to it, you know. Yeah. But you know, the, the, but the, but occasionally you'll get people who don't understand at all. Um, you know, one year we had somebody bring in their deer quartered up because they thought that if they quartered their deer for us, which was basically nothing, like that they could get a cheaper rate. And it's like, no, what? And they were like, well, somebody told us on the phone that that was true. And I was like, uh, yeah, if you had it off the bone and it was cut into bits and you want sausage done because that's what you wanted. And they're like, no, we still have to process this whole deer. Like, you don't understand. You literally left us all the work. <laughs> I think like, the worst thing that I've ever seen with you was um, somebody hit a deer with a car. Mm. And the guy frequently does it every year. And yeah. It's the same, it's the same and thing. what happens is there's significant... Well, no. But what happens is he hits a deer and then he tags it, he brings it in and yeah. he does yeah. just whatever. But what happens is there's significant trauma to that what? animal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you, and a lot of times you don't know it until you cut it out and then you get into it and you're like, it's just... I mean, I mean, they gotta throw this away. They gotta throw this away. You're left with half a deer, and it's still ninety five bucks. <laughs> How much meat did you get out of that? Oh, eight pounds. You know. Mm. All right. I think we've done enough of the deer pricing story. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot to talk about, though. Yeah. But anyways, so your parent shop. Yes. When's the closing date? Do you have a closing date? Uh, we always close on the thirty first of October. 
That is our always date. My dad sometimes is like, we're going to stay up until November 2nd. And I'm like, why, Dad? <laughs> why do we always change it? Why do you want to change it? We don't. So it's 31st of October every single year, always. And it seems like you've been holding pretty firm to May 1st, huh? Is yeah. it open? So we used to open April 1st. But then we discovered that opening early didn't yield a lot of extra revenue. So we cut it back a whole month, which... To me, it's kind of extreme. Some, sometimes we kind of go into the last week of April, occasionally. Um, but first um, of May, uh, is, we can open up all our greenhouses. We don't have to keep running our heaters. We don't have to have greenhouse doors open all the time and then, you know, try and worry about plants getting frost because sometimes it still snows in April, which is absolutely nuts here. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of what we decided to start doing and we've stayed consistent with it because asparagus comes in at the same time. So we can have asparagus when we open and then we start getting on that Michigan produce food train, you know, um, cause after that it's, you know, strawberries around town, which are really seldom now. And then, uh, blueberries, cherries, cabbage, cauliflower starts, you know, then it's, um, corn. Um, I mean, and along with other things. And then zucchini season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, zucchini, yellow squash, green leaf lettuce, radishes, regularly, you know, so we used to get Michigan carrots, but the company's changed now. Um, then, um, then peaches, and then apples, or tomatoes and apples. Tomatoes is a big one, and that one always, that one's always the worst, tomatoes, ugh. because that changes with the weather. Like, if it rains too much, tomatoes are done. That's it. You know, people don't understand that. I, I want to pivot to give you a chance to talk about Zen. Oh, right. Yeah. The gym. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just, okay. So, um, so I started it a year ago. Um, I ended up getting a loan from my dad because the company that I went with said originally the, so like the bank that I went with originally to get the loan was like all for it at first. And then I finished my, you know, whatever you call it. Business plan. Yeah, business plan. I almost going to say thesis. <laughs> I finished my business plan. I took it in and I sent it to them. And their problem was is I wasn't showing them that I was going to generate enough income through other things aside from uh, aside from like t-shirt sales and uh, memberships. And I was like, well, I said, it's a gym. It's not really a market. You know, I can't really sell a ton of stuff and I'm not really like here to... I'm not really going to market like all these things that the Bay does because the Bay sells a lot of other things on the side too. And they didn't want to go with it. And I was like, well, I mean, like I know it works and I know it could work. And, um, I was just kind of like out of my luck. And then my dad decided that he was going to take out a loan for me to do it. So, which I'm really grateful for. I'm still paying it back. We're doing really well though, which I'm really glad because I, I, I did, so I spent the first year kind of like spreading rumors that a 24 hour gym was going to come around town. Um, and, uh, that worked when I knew it worked when the rumors came back to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so after that, I kind of like, you know, uh, I got the money from my dad, started the gym and immediately we were just like, we're doing really good. We started it in the summer and I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I just, I, there's so much support for this. We're doing really well. You know, we did really well this winter, this last winter. Um, you know, things tapered off in this last summer, and uh, but it was steady. 
like it was paying for itself. It was taking care of itself. I didn't have to worry about it. I don't collect a paycheck from it. My wife doesn't collect a paycheck from it, but it pays itself and takes care of itself. And we're like totally happy with it so far. Um, so, uh, and, um, the thing that started it all, uh, kind of was, is I was really, when I moved back from central, I was really disappointed that, uh, Alpina didn't have a gym that stayed open late because I was used to working out at 10 PM. You know, that's what I did. I'd work out, I'd work out until like almost midnight and then go home, you know? And that was kind of like my routine at central. And, um, when I came home, I was like, man, I really wish Alpena had this stuff. So I was like, I don't understand why. Like, it's such a big, it, it's a pretty big town. Alpena's mm-hmm. a pretty big town. And we don't have a lot of these things that, that a lot of young people like to do. Like, or go out and have the opportunity to have. Because, you know, if they don't have these things, you know, they kind of look at that as a way to, a reason to leave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so I was like, well, if I create a 24-hour gym... There's a lot of opportunity for the young people in the area to have something for themselves. And, um, and that's really where I saw a lot of the growth and which is tough because Alpina is like 65 and older. It's like 45% of the area. And, um, and so like trying to market to like the 14% (laughs) was, wasn't hard because there was nothing here, you know? So that's kind of what my focus was. Like, I, I saw that as an opportunity. I saw that was a lot of complaint for a lot of young people. And I was like, you know, I think this is a good idea. I think we can do it. So we made it and it's working really well. And uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm really happy. And with the you totally it. should be. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't like, I don't like going to any gym during the summer, but really in the winter time. Yeah. When we went there, I mean, I was still, as a member now, I I like what you've done there and the ability to, to, you know, just as you said in the beginning, there are some things that you wish you had, I'm sure, but I mean, I'm sure that if you went up to the bay right now, there's things I wish they had too. So, you know, no place is going to be yeah. 100% perfect. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And, and the gym is kind of like my pet project, you know, because like every year I see what's in our account and I'm like, you know what, we can buy this and I can add that and I can, you know, I like, <laughs> it's kind of like something I just want to always expand on. So I never want to like quit doing more for it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the thing I want to do. The um, deadlift platform was super solid move. Thanks. Thanks. I built all those myself. Yeah, too. I remember when you were going through it. And oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, really, it was the best thing about it is it's the message that you send subconsciously to the about your gym by doing that. Essentially, what you're saying is it is okay to lift weights here. Yeah. And I'm not trying to knock other places, but you know, I've I've been at the bay where I've been yelled at for dropping the weights too heavy, or you got to be careful with what you do, and that's great. I I'm more than respectful than understand that there are things going on below. But if you have three hundred pounds in your hands, right? Sometimes it's just no easy way to set three hundred pounds set it down. down. No. Yeah. So without maybe without pushing yourself, there's yeah, there's a yeah. point where. You want to push yourself and setting it down gently. You just don't jive together. Yeah. So I mean, and I get why they don't want you to. They're three floors up. You know, there's people <laughs> below you. Yeah. You know, I get that. Yeah. You know, people so, don't listen to them anyway. No, they don't. And, yeah. You know, I went there for I went there for months. Like, mm-hmm. and then, but I always had to cram it like right after work, and I was like getting to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't go right after work. I'm wiped out. You know, I just don't want to do it. And. um I got really mad and I got fed up and I wrote a really like mean review on Facebook and then they called me and they were like, 
uh, what's your beef? And I'm like, okay, listen. I was like, I was kind of mad, and I shouldn't have done that, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> and so, the end of it. And I'm like, well, you know what? That's just kind of like, I, I mean, like, I get that. Mm-hmm. Ish, you know, because like, I, I mean, like, I tried to like kind of be nice about it at the same time. Like, I was like, you know, I don't want to leave, but like, I don't see why I should pay this much money when I'm just working out and I'm not taking classes. I'm not using any of this stuff. And I'm like, I get that these options are available to me. I was like, but I'd like it if it was like an opt-in thing. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've kind of worked in over at my gym now. Is I, you know, we've I've worked with Dustin, who's my trainer over at there, and. Uh, and I said, hey, if we do this, it's like, could you give a discount for this? You know, and he's totally down with doing anything. Like, he, he works really well with a lot of people, and I like that. And, um, uh, you know, I really wanted to make a place for people who could lift, pow- like, do real power lifting and, like, do real heavy lifting and not, like, be judged by the owners or the other people there. Like they could come and do this because I know these people are out there. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, it's really popular right now. It's just getting really big too. And like, it's not going to go away. Like people are going to want to keep doing that. So, so I wanted a place for that because that's what I was doing at school. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like there was any place in town that I could really do that at, you know, because the base, like, like bigger lifting area is really small and kind of hard to work around. And so I didn't really like get in, I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt comfortable asking a guy is like, Hey, can we rotate on a bench, mm-hmm. you know, and do a workout? It really wasn't like something I wanted to do uh, frequently. So I ended up moving to the the college and I worked out at ACC's little thing for a little while and their weights only went up to 75 or 85. I don't remember. Um, but I worked out there. They didn't really have a ton either. It was mostly machines and cardio stuff. And, and one like one little bench to yeah one <clears throat> bench for dumbbells in a small area and if somebody else was there using it too you basically couldn't use it um so i was just like i can't believe that there's just no place to really work out here that's affordable and you know has a good time frame because the the bay closes at eight thirty, right you know it's like a lot of people are getting done with work at six and they want to go home they want to take a break for a minute you know, and then they can come and work out after they've had dinner or whatever the hell they want to do. You know, it's, and I see, I, I always see a huge uptick at about nine o'clock. There's tons of people coming in between seven and nine. Tons. I, I, I was like, see, like there's, there's all these people that are just not, you know, that aren't being catered to for a facility that, that they would like to have. And I think it's something that I could see moving into like a bigger building like i want to move into a bigger building i want to get more equipment i want and that's why i wanted to go to the mall when that option was available to me which i'd like to talk about that for a second yeah (laughs) i think i mean i don't think you made the wrong choice let me tell you about that i think staying one more year and just continuing to work with what you have i don't think there's anything wrong with that yeah me neither either i mean like i and I didn't mean to like make the mall thing like a huge deal, but it just kind of like escalated. And I was like, you know what? It sounds like a really good idea. A lot of people are like really supportive of it. And the thing is, tons of people around town heard about it. Like, it's tons of people. I couldn't believe how many people knew about it. Like, people don't even go to the gym. We're like, are you going to the mall still? And I'm like, what? no, probably not. <laughs> and, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that Brian Winters sold the mall to some guy named Solomon who lives in Texas. And he wanted like double the rent on everything in there. And I was like, I wasn't expecting these prices 
when we started to negotiate and I wasn't, I was just like really bummed that he wanted so much money because I was like, I'm only getting like a thousand square feet more, but I'm getting like these extra rooms. There's like an upstairs space. There's a shower. And I kind of was like trying to figure out how to make it work. And I was like, well, but it's only been a year since I like started this. I was like, and I already got to restart the business again. You know what I mean? It was just a ton of work to do that I wasn't really ready for, but I was going to do it because I felt like we needed it, you know, but then they had, they were poor at communicating with me. They didn't want to like, uh, talk about negotiating like as quickly as I thought they would. And, um, like I had the option to like talk to him on a conference call. Well, I said to Brian, I was like, Hey, let's do it. And, uh, he's like, okay, two weeks go by. I don't hear from him. I'm like, what's going on? You know, it's like, is this what we're doing? Are you managing the mall? Is this really what's happening? And he's just kind of like, Brian's moved so far hands off from it now at this point that it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, do I really want to work with somebody that I can't actually speak to anymore? Do I want it? It felt really risky after a while. Uh And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to back away from it. Um, kind of apologize to everybody for getting their hopes up, (laughs) you know? And, and we kind of just like took the hit on that and then said it was, you know, it's like, it's just not in the cards right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but we're going to continue to approve the space we got. We're going to continue to do more with what we have, you know, so I ended up, you know. And, and look toward the right space. It just wasn't yeah. the right space. No, it yeah. really wasn't. Cause it was also like out of the way. It was the back of the mall. Yeah. You know, it, like it, it could have been good, but it really would I, I don't know. I was I, really skeptical. I liked the space because if there's one drawback to your area, it is that at times if you get enough people in there, it does feel. But that's the same problem you had at the bay. To exactly. act like that, to exactly. act like that was to where we worked out of the bay together, and and you get ten people running around in the weight area. It feels that way at the bay too. So the idea for me, the lure wasn't that it was like a, the showers or it was just the idea that. that more space, yeah. which so because I mean everybody likes space. Oh I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean people don't people have people in America specifically have this bubble yeah. that they want to be around. You know, it's like, like what we're like three feet away from each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> and people kind of are comfortable with that. But if I was to sit right over here, I like that a lot. It would, uh, it would impact the entire conversation. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, only the good way. I promise you that. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I like bringing Brad out of his comfort zone. That it just again, this this has been a very good thing for me here tonight. So, yeah. So, um, it's Frazier Day. It beats the hell out of this morning. Right? <laughs> the whole day was a really rough day today. Today was one of those days. It was just like, without getting into it, it just broke my spirit. That's all it is. It wasn't like a like a bad thing, you know. Like I was having like a really bad. Just one of those days where you just like. Just really hard on the yeah. you know the, the psyche or the the emotional end of it. Physically, it was just fine. So. You know what really breaks my spirit when I'm working at the store is when somebody walks up to me with a cob of corn that's kind of like thin, and she hands it to me and she says, "This corn is horrible." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> like what do you want me to do?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. I Allison, I've started this thing, and she doesn't know it because she doesn't buy any of the produce or the shopping. But I pick up wounded pieces. Oh yeah, yeah. you know because those are the pieces that we're getting thrown away, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing how much food we throw away. So especially like if I know like a potato's got a bad brown chunk in it, yeah, I'll buy that one and then just right. cut the brown chunk out of it. It's just like kind of what 
I know, but trying to do my little part in this yeah. crazy world we live in. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why we have a discount table at the store. Yeah. You, know, you can buy stuff off the discount table, which, you know, it's... If we see, if we talk about discount stuff, like these people feel justified that they think they're helping our business. That's like really you're not even we like I'm not paying anything with the with the purchase you bought. You know? <laughs> you're just kind of covering the the shipping that we had from that. You know, and it's almost less than what we're getting. But you know, in the end, I mean, like if you want good produce, just buy the good produce. You know, yeah. if you don't like, and if the stuff that's on the table rots, it rots because you know what I do with it? I just recompost it. So I have this huge compost pile up back behind my store. And, um, I mean, every year it's covered with weeds, like crazy amounts of weeds, but like it's, I just repurpose that soil and I regrow plants in it. Yeah. <laughs> so everything gets recycled over there, you know, essentially. It's awesome. Uh, except for a few things, but. Well, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and do our top five. Sounds good. Bam, 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 our top five and this week it is our top five gym equipment things we like in the gym to use I guess and I'll start it off I had a whole list but I'll just do my top five and number five is the hurdles slash agility ladder helps with my cardio and my agility Ooh, I don't like those ladders but I don't I mean I don't like the hurdles but I don't mind the ladders How's that? That's fine. Gotta keep your knees up, though. Either way. I just... You know, this big, fat heel spur I have on my heel, anything that involves that super dynamic movement with my right foot, I just am not a fan of anymore. I'm just old, and so there's to it. Mm. Any honorable mentions? I know you have some. Well, them out. Come on. Well, I do, but... I'm right. I have a couple honorable mentions. Do you? That's good. My number five is jump rope. And I mean a super good ball bearing wired, perfect length at the jump rope. A real jump rope. A real jump rope. And because Casey had it at that performance locker, and even when I think it was it with you the other day, I went there about a month ago to run in there. Oh yeah, for the pod. Yeah. Now what did I do? I ran right to the jump rope and started. I just love the way it's just like, and I could jump rope all day because it's just that nice of those quick. I think we have one at the gym now. Those yeah. Nice. It was Claire's. Okay. She basically runs a gym. I'm never there. Anyways, <laughs> so, but uh, she brought one over, and so we have one now. Yeah, really those nice. speed ropes, so just the... But the only downside to them, and if anyone's ever used them, you know what I'm talking about, it hurts. Like, if you catch it right and you don't do it right. Like For a while there, I started trying to work on double unders, and man, let me tell you something. The back of your legs will not forgive you when you... Or the front, whatever the way you're going. It just hurts. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and those little segmented ones would be dents in the back of your leg. <laughs> number five. Uh, my number five is the low back hyperextension. Nice. And that's because I had a year where I suffered like some severe back pain and I bought one off Amazon, like a Xmark one. And I did it for two days or three days for in a week. And like after the second day, I was like, oh, it's so much pain. I couldn't go to work. The next day, I was, like, in perfect condition. Like, I couldn't believe it. I was, like, I knew my back pain wasn't, like, like spinal-related. I knew it was, like, a muscle problem. And uh, it strengthened my lower back, and it helped it. 
because because I knew I could still move, you know. So I knew I knew if uh, the problem wasn't in my uh, I knew because I could move still, the problem wasn't in my spine. It was in my muscles. And then when I like like I broke down those muscles, I like got that lactic acid built up in there to like break it down, kind of like help them heal. And then uh, brought it back next day. I was totally fine. Stand up straight, could do everything. Cause I was bent at like ninety degree angle. Yeah. Like I couldn't get out of the car, and I was like all screwed up. It was, and it just happened the day after I picked up a box of celery. <laughs> that's what happened to me. That's crazy. So that's why it's funny. It's five. amazing what traction and bow will do to the body. Mm-hmm. That stretching out, that elongating, and the whole spine area. Just do crazy things. All right. Number four is battle ropes. Ooh. Those are nice. I want one. So bad. All my stuff I used to do down at Bay Urban, but since they don't have classes I laid down there, I can't go. So. Really? They got rid of all that stuff? They didn't, but they don't... Incorporate it into their courses? I don't go to Bay Urban except for yoga on Monday nights now. Hmm. Since Rick stopped teaching Friday morning strength. Right. I don't go Number four for me. I'm sorry to hear that. Form, foam roller. Is a foam roller in your top five? When I was doing yoga, it popped in my head. Like, <laughs> I need to add that to my list. But, no. Foam roller is like but, a yes. godsend. <laughs> I mean, I have one at home. I don't use it as much as I should. But at any point, I've never had something that hurts so bad. It feels so good at the yeah. same time, right? We think we can get rid of that. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I texted Brad this earlier. There's, you are going to find it truly how old of a man I am right now by my list because it is going to <laughs> totally let you know where I'm at at this point in my life with, with my just where I what I believe in fitness and everything. So, all right, number four. Uh, number four for me is a punching bag uh, because I use that for my cardio mm-hmm. and because um, as much as I don't mind using the treadmill or the elliptical, or the row, the punching bag just really gets me like exhausted keeps my heart rate up keeps me going and i like i feel like i'm not only getting a good cardio like i feel like i'm getting like a good strength training workout too uh, for my back and my triceps so and there's something and well first of all there's a skill coordination to it yeah so it helps your motor skills and of course there is something therapeutic in beating oh, the therapeutic? Snot out. oh yeah <coughs> i did judo for two years so with shackman over at uh thunder bay and uh he and uh, that was always a great time. And uh, so I feel like I would like to learn boxing. I wanted to learn boxing. I told my parents, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about taking a boxing class over at Central. My mom, the first thing she says is like, I don't want you to mess up your pretty face. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I guess I won't. Because my, dad, my dad's a golden oh, yeah. boxer. And so I was like, oh, I want to do boxing. Because he did boxing. And his nose is broken in three places. So it just goes to the side of his face when he pushes it down. <laughs> right. Uh, number three is the TRX. I use so many things with the TRX. TRX is in my top five, but it is not number three. No. Which makes me wonder. There could be something very related to that. I wonder if that's in your top five. I would like a TRX. That's another thing I want. Yeah. But drop down ceiling doesn't let me have it. <laughs> that is a real, it is a tough space you have for a TRX. I was considering taking out the drop down ceiling in the gym. Like, yeah. Completely. But the wiring is like so bad up there that yeah. like, it's not all segmented properly. So it doesn't look nice. Um, that I was just like, you know what? 
Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, and the job that that would be versus what well, you're getting and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't pay to, yeah. right? How high are your ceilings? Uh, Probably about your height right in here. Uh, yeah. well, maybe a little, maybe bit a higher. little higher. Yeah, you but anchor it to the wall. Or yeah, I could probably do that. That'd be a good idea. But I really would like to get gymnastics rings. I think that would be something I would love to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I said, expansion. It's always something. I, it's something I keep in mind all the time. I'm just like, oh, I could do this. I could do this. I could. Do... Anyways, sorry. Various weights of kettlebells is my number three. I love a kettlebell. Kettlebells are amazing. So. Well, then, okay, since let's do that. TRX is my number two. Okay, okay. so, all right, so, so, okay, so we feel fine. <laughs> all right, so there we go. All right, so then you now you don't know Brad that I was two, number two and number three. They're just flip flopped. So, um, I love the versatility. Yeah, of, we do a lot with kettlebells. Of both, oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We just bought some new kettlebells, too. Good. Yeah. I we used to do, I mean, Brad knows it when I was working at your place. Yeah. I do a. I literally started at 30 swings, or I worked to 50 swings, and I'd do 100 swings. And What's just, your weight? Say what? What's your weight? I was doing, I got up to 45, doing 45, 100 swings at 45, and for a while, one night I did 50 or 55 one, and Rick's like, you're going to hurt yourself, stop. So then I stopped. <laughs> yes, sir. I've got an 80-pound one now. Ugh. No, one thing I would like that, so it's like, what I would do with that 80-pound one, which I found from my friend Casey, is I would lay on my back. And then you just push it up and keep it in that shoulder rack. And it yeah. pushes, oh, it yeah. causes you to push that shoulder back down and keep it in a place because my left shoulder gets all wacky. It's because I'm uh, just not a good, I just got bad position in it. And I remember it would keep me to torque it in and I keep that down. And then you had all that weight come down and it just kind of pushes it into place. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. So, anyways, but yes, cowbell. And then, of course, the TRX is amazing. Yes. Nothing makes me feel more inadequate yet gives me so much more support than the TRX. I think that's the amazing thing about it. So I can do an overhead squat with it and absolutely feel like a useless POS. <laughs> like just absolutely see everything that is wrong with my body in this alignment. Yet I can use it for assistive squat and actually get my hips, my ankles and everything in the right position by just having that little bit of help forward. So it's amazing. It's an amazing piece of equipment that it could be so humiliating at one point and so uplifting at the same time. And of course, you can do multiple different things with it. So yeah, I used to use it for my warm up. Yeah. Time. Oh, perfect. When I was yes. over at the bay. That's what I did. That was yeah. my warm up for whenever I worked out. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you guys did your three and your two. So yeah. I'm gonna start with my uh, three. Excited. <laughs> uh, power rack. Nice. Is my uh, number three for equipment because it's really versatile. You know, squats. You can do deadlifts in it safely without the bar rolling away from you. Um, you can use it for your back. You can use it for your chest. You can use it for pretty much anything that involves a bar, you know. And then they come with so many attachments, which I don't have a ton of attachments, but there's a few I'd like to I'd like to get that Rogue makes that I really want. To my get. number one I use for your rack. So it's just I love my I love I love a good. You're right. I mean, what guy doesn't like a good rack? <laughs> as long as it's uh, <laughs> some like them small, some like them big. Yeah, so man, yeah, I got the medium sized power racks. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right. I want to get one of those big jungle gym ones that like have like all the interconnecting yeah. parts, and it's like I might as well be at a playground right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, uh, so two is a bench with free weights. Um, 
it's kind of like a two for one there uh, because uh, when I first started working out, I did bench press and I did curls. That was like my way, that was my gateway into working out. And uh, I did bench press at 35 pounds for months before I realized I could go up because I didn't understand that. I was like, oh, when I hit 10, you know, I'm like, and I, I do three sets of 10. I'm like, I'm good. You know, and I'm done. I was like, no, I need to go up to 40 next, you know, and then kind of like, you know, yeah. kind of resurface it, you know, uh, so. But um, I, I still use it, and now I'm up to 75s, which isn't a ton compared to some people, but it's, um, it feels good, and I love it. And uh, you can do so many different things on it. You know, you can flip around and do, like, your your uh, uh, your lats and your, your back and other things like that. So, I mean, you know, or you can do isolated curls on it. You know. yeah, I, I feel like I can get, like, the best curl on, like, a bench that's just leaning back just a bit, like... Because you don't put your back into it, and you can just—it's mm -hmm. all bicep at that point. And you're like, "Yeah, I was curling fifties, you know." And it's like, but you do a lean back bench. It's like, oh, I can only do thirty <laughs> at yep. that point, you know. Um, so that's my number two. Mm -hmm. My number one is the Rick Trainer. I knew it. I, I knew it was gonna be the Rick Trainer. I like it. I'm happy that I—I'm happy. I knew your number one. I'm guessing you know my number one. Giant rubber bands. The big bands? So I love big bands. Because I've, for a while there, I was totally stupid with my working out. And I did all the things that you shouldn't do. Like, all the things that you caution people about. I was, I was a tragic story of that. I was running too much. I was overuse and all that stuff. And it took me, I had to totally step away. And really did a lot of rehab exercises. I, for, I thought for certain they wanted me to have uh, going to therapy as Brad and I have discussed this a little bit on the pod $100 a visit two times a week for six weeks you could do the math I mean that I was just like I can't afford that like I mean and essentially I uh, spent some time um, did, did nothing like a little a couple of YouTube videos and along with I joined Casey over there and we did a lot of you know band strength exercises and then I, I moved that to where different parts of like my hips my ankles mm -hmm. I just I'm an old man, though, really, is where I'm going with all this. And I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> I'm trying to be a supple leopard. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. But what's inter really interesting is is that as, you know, I'm 44 now. And seven years ago, six years ago, I pick up things from the ground better now by being cognizant of where I need to be and stretching out things that need to be, you know, throughout the day than I ever did when, and a lot of it didn't help running six miles a day or, you know, on Sundays running 18 miles out and, you know, BFE, none of that is good to open up, you know, and lengthen muscles, you know. Because you didn't do a ton of stretching. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I did a little, but I mean, nothing to offset 18 miles and pounding a yeah, pavement, you right, know, right. so like, I'm aware of that, I mean. It wasn't the running that they did, it was... Your lack of self-care after. That's correct. You're 100% right. And that's so, something that, no, like, lots of people don't do that. Like, right. tons of people do not sit back and take a stretch after they finish doing their workout. There's this young guy who's 22, which I had no idea he was 22. He goes to my gym all the time. He's big power lifter. He does deadlifts like crazy. He does squats all the time. I mean, he did for a while. But anyways, um, he asked me, he's like, He's like, you know, I'm getting some really tight, a lot of tightness in my calves. And I'm like, are you stretching? He's like, no. I'm like, why are you stretching? <laughs> it's like, you do all these heavy lifts and you do a 
you literally don't do any calf stretches. And I was like, you just push against a wall and you yeah. like, could calf stretch, you know? Like, he didn't do any of that stuff like that. And uh, he still doesn't, even though we kind of talked about it. But, you know, he's 22, so. <laughs> and, of course, that calf and Achilles tendon, it's so hard to really stretch out because they're just so, like, just gristly and just so tight and strong. I do them every day. Yeah. I mean, I, I do them at work all the time, like just randomly. But I remember when I was a kid, I could take my foot, bend it up against the wall, and then I'd be able to touch my knee against the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm nowhere close to doing that anymore. But. That's some good, you know, that's some good ankle rotation. Yeah. I have problems in my rotator cuffs and my shoulders, but that's because when I was a kid, I played dodgeball, and I popped both my shoulders out of the sockets. Man, that's intense dodgeball. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, well, I was really into it. <laughs> I, 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 I had thrown a ball with my right arm, and my right arm went, like, right out of my socket. And, uh, like, I popped it back in. And then for, like, a few months, I could, like, pop it in and out whenever I wanted. And I was like, that doesn't sound good. But, like, in that exact same game, I started playing with my left arm because I didn't want to quit because it was dodgeball and it was fun and I was 16 or 14 or whatever. And I blo- I popped my left arm out of the socket and I was like, for real. Exactly. No, I know what you mean. So like... I've had rotator cuff issues since and then I found an exercise that actually helped strengthen my rotator cuffs now, you know, 15 years later. And uh, I've been doing that regularly and I haven't had any issues doing yeah. my uh, shoulder exercises since. It's amazing. The, the, the term I was always taught by Casey is screwing it and coming in and screwing them in and keeping it right there. Because yeah. when you get out here and you get all wacky, that's when what you said, yeah, that's when the yeah. rotator cuff problem starts. So turn it in. That's when you always, I hear him every time. I always hear him in my head. Gotta turn it in, keep it in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Number one. Oh, uh, my number one is the cable crossover. Uh, because it is so versatile in how you can use it and um, particularly I use it for my chest you know I can I can do it like up or down do upper chest lower chest and I've seen more progress using a cable crossover than I have doing bench press or dumbbell press or dumbbell flies than I have with any other piece of equipment and um, when I was at Central they didn't have a good cable crossover machine that I could use regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when I came back home, the one at the bay was always used all the time, so I didn't really use it a ton. But now that I have my own, yeah, very <laughs> I nice can use it all the time. Oh, it is nice. It's really yeah. nice. There's a long story behind that because I didn't get it when I got when I ordered it, and they had to send me like different parts and stuff. But anyways, <laughs> uh, it, it's probably like my favorite piece of equipment to use because I love to use it for a warm-up and I love to use it for the end of my workout so that's my that's definitely my number one for a lot of reasons awesome I like the cable cross what I also like is you can do like leg stuff with it yeah oh my gosh yeah there's so many leg options for the cable crossover you wouldn't even know you can do yeah you know and uh and we have all the attachments for it too now because Mm -hmm. I've I bought the ankle cuffs for that and, yeah. and other pieces for your heel and whatnot. And core stuff, too, of course. You yeah. do a lot of core stuff with it. And yeah, yeah. I agree with the cable. And what I, it's worth just saying, you have a really nice cable cross there. I really thought I enjoyed it. Well, there. Hey, no problem. Well, that wraps up Trap 5. Yes. Good Trap 5. It was. What are you doing this weekend? 
nothing that I can think of right now. Awesome. This weekend's been for a one year anniversary. Being Ooh. married. Congratulations. Thank you. Twenty fifth. So. I'm doing a surprise birthday party. I'm not gonna say the name, just in case it gets circulated, but that's what I'm doing Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's not here, so I have to travel for it. Mm. But Sunday, the 25th, at 3 p.m., I think it is, 2 or 3, is the longest table at um, Rotary Bridge, or whatever that thing's called. They're going to try to do a community gathering event of differences of different backgrounds and all that fun stuff. So if you, I don't know, if you have any type of want to try to make Alpena a better place, it's a great opportunity to do that. When so, is it? The Saturday? Uh, Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. I think you can go, there's a, if you type in longest table, there's a Facebook link that you can do it. And I'm going to look it up because I want to do that. That sounds great. Yeah. That's that's like the stuff I like to do. Yeah. Well, it's awesome because they don't want just, I mean, we're not just trying to get black people, white people, or different yeah. backgrounds, but like different business owners like yourself and you know, different walk, just overall community event where people, it just gives the opportunity to sit down and lack a term break bread. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really cool. I'd like to do that. So, um, quick thing about uh, my wedding, though. Yeah. And the Austin Brothers. Um, so, we were originally going to have our wedding at the Austin Brothers. It didn't pan out because of certain issues, but um, we had to make a beer for our wedding. That's the Raspberry Vanilla Porter. Yeah. That's on tap regularly nice. at the brewery now. Yeah. We, uh, a year ago, we were like, well, we need it. We want a beer. And they were like, well, what do you want? And their one year was coming up because it was like a week after our wedding. And uh, we were like, well, we want a raspberry vanilla porter. And we want it made this way. We want you to use raspberry juice. We don't want you to use raspberries. We want you to use your vanilla extract that you use for your uh, woody wheat. And Brant was all like, all right, sounds great. That's what we're going to do. So uh, ever since they made that, we debuted it at our wedding. Now it's been a regular staple over at the brewery. I just so, had it story the day. That now. I had two Friday. Yeah. So, so now you know that Claire and I came up with that beer. I like it. <laughs> Congratulations! It's a good beer. I'm yes, gonna have it. We're gonna have it on our wedding. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you, and you can celebrate. <laughs> I can see if Brandt wants to do like a barrel-aged version that I can keep for myself. Yes. I think that'd be cool. It's also worth saying I should take the, event, the opportunity that August 30th is my son's first football game. Hillman versus Posen. In Posen. Big game. Huge game. Everybody go. I mean, those of you who want to come out, come out. It's going to be a good turnout regardless because anytime you have two schools that are so close together... That don't have to travel far. They both travel really well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Hopefully the weather's good and everything goes along with that. That's exciting. And the week I, after that is Sankri's first football game. Nice. And in Posen's on the road. I think his first game's in Alpena. So. Really? That's even better. Yeah. I like it. So, that's what I got. Anything else? No. We're hoping to have any power lure girls on soon. They're talking about maybe not doing a Monday, but maybe like a Wednesday or whatever. whatever. I told them whatever works for them, we will do it. Yeah, I'll make anything work. And then if not, then we'll just go and take the break, and then we'll be back in September. All right. Awesome. Thanks for coming by, Zane. Yeah, thank you. Once again, what time does the, let's do, when is Kip Motors the store closing? Okay, we always close on the 31st of October. Then we do deer processing till the end of December and the first week of January, then we reopen on the first of May every year. I love it. 
And then if you're worried about opening and closing, you don't have to worry about that with your fitness center. Yes. That is open 24 hours a day. Yes. They're both located on the south corridor of US 23. Absolutely. And um, we will definitely put a link in to this episode to at least then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, at least the gym. Yeah, sure. at least the gym, if not the produce store. So um, thanks for coming by, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks to yeah. you. Oh, I think Movie by the Bay is this Friday, too. Oh, really? What movie is it? I don't know. The page won't. There we go. I still feel like I can pound. Hook. <laughs> hook. <laughs> hook. Hook. I oh, like it. Hook. Awesome. So come on down Friday. Allison's out of town Thursday or Friday. There's a possible latitudes party Thursday and Austin Brothers Shindig Friday. So if you're right. looking... What's going on at the Austin Brothers Friday? Not just a whole bunch of friends getting together. Oh, but okay. Brad's sister and my wife are going down to state for some training. So and, uh, everyone keeps joking that they're going to take me out. Right. Not that Allison has a problem. Like, I, we kind of joking about it. Like, what's the idea about Allison leaving? Because if anybody wants to go out with me to Austin Brothers, you know, all you have to call me, I'll go. It has nothing to do with Allison. So, um, yeah. But anyways. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Yeah.